There we go. That's all I needed to know. Welcome, everybody, to Panfish Nation, along with Mark. I'm Lyle and Mark. Yes, sir. We had a request last week to do some rig tying, so we're going to do that tonight. But first, we have a couple other things to go over, like welcome, everybody, in chat into the show. What's going on, everybody? I see the great Miss Annette catfishing out there. How you doing, Annette? There's Avid Fisherman, Bugman22 in the house. What's up, Bug Bug? There's Carmel Muncie. He says it's caramel like the candy. <laughs> and I like caramel. I like caramel a lot. Crappie Day Fish on. Hey, he's a channel member. What's going on, bud? Dale Hayslip in the house. How you doing, Dale? There's David Smith. Eric Pierce. What's up, Eric? Fishing with Squirrel. What's going on, Dawson? Uh, Fish in the Mid-South in the house. Dan Thompson. He's a channel member. How you doing, Dan? Um, Halana's Catfish Adventures. What's up, niece Halana? How you doing, dear? Uh, JG Hill Studios, what's up? Joe Buck, 66 channel member. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? Thanks for your support. There's our buddy Justin over at Justin's Fish and Fetish. How you doing, bud? Say hello to Gabby. I imagine she's near. Uh, KY Redneck Outdoors is in the house. There's my buddy Lance McCougai. Lance, you're going to be missed in Mendota, bud. We'll be thinking of you. Hopefully, Audra's uh, doing all right and things are getting better. Uh, we've been praying for her. Uh, the Bullock Experience. What's up, Kelly? There's our buddy Twisted Fishing TV and Matt over at Want to Be Outdoors. Let's see if I missed anybody. Mr. Chucky, what's up, sir? How you doing? David Smith. I think I got him, but I want to make sure because you guys are all important to us. I think I got everybody. If you guys haven't, click that thumbs up, man. We'd appreciate it. There you go. Gabby yelled, hello, y'all. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> what a special young lady she is. Mm -hmm. I, Mark, I, I know I've told this story, but Gabby and Justin come down to a live that we done at the bait shop in uh, uh, Kentucky when we was doing Monsters on the Ohio. We'd go down there every year and, and do with uh, Sheila and Jim, and we'd do a show down there live. And she come up and was my guest for probably 30 or 45 minutes. She was one of the greatest guests. I'll never forget how great a visit we had. We talked about fishing. We talked about different things in her life and how she was going on. And at the time, I'm going to guess, and I don't know that for sure, she was probably 13, maybe not that old. But we had a wonderful time. I remember Gabby being on the show tying jigs in a dog mask. I <laughs> she was tying them pretty good. I don't know how she could see in there. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. The other was another was Jim's daughter. Yeah, I, I, the, the dog mask is what I was thinking of. Yeah, I had mm -hmm. a, I had her confused with another girl. But yeah, it was the both. No, no, you interviewed her too because you've you've mentioned that before. I know that Justin yeah, mentioned that. Or she's mentioned that before great. too. So. Them's the kids that's going to be in our position one of these days. Kids are kids. Far, so. kids there's some pretty special kids out there in our community. It really is. Everyone, all sorts of ages. Everybody from niece Halana. I consider her a kid still, even though she's sure. working and stuff, but she's still young. She she's having fun with her family all the way down to, to Abby and then some, even, even Josh's kids, Josh's kids are way down there, but that Caitlin's still slaying Caitlin, them fish. She is. And uh, you know, there, there's a lot of them young, young guys like that, girls and boys that are going to be the future of what we do. So everybody that's taking their kids out now on fishing trips and teaching them how to catch fish, they'll be teaching people in the future of how to do the same thing. So and there they, you go. They, and I'm, I'm hoping that someday one of my nieces will say, my uncle Mark used to take me fishing this way. Uh, yeah, like I, that's cool. Just like I talk about the, the, the people that, that had an effect on my life as far as the outdoors go. And, and they still stick. I mean, I had a couple of things that stick out in my uh, uh, in my lifetime, which is starting to get to be a long lifetime. I don't hate to admit it, but it is what it is. But <laughs> I understand. Is I, got a teach, I got an auto shop teacher, Mr. Brower. I got my grandfather who was a fisherman, my uncle, his son that was a fisherman. Mr. Ziga Crustry was a fisherman. And uh, uh, Boy Scouts, all that stuff really had a big uh, impact on, on my life. And and, yep. and and those people all are near and dear to my heart and in my memory always. I, I agree. I, I got something like that. And, and um, as many people know, my dad passed away when I was pretty young. 
and uh, my brother was like a dad to me growing up. So he used to take me on the river fishing in a little old skinny narrow boat with a 25 horse motor on it. And uh, that's, we fished. I mean, that's what we done and hunted and done all that stuff. And uh, it was an awesome time and I'll never forget it. I do want to say hello to Ogie. I see Danny Stone came in. What's up, Danny? How you doing? Uh, who else did I just see? Oh, and there's my buddy KP over at Takedown Catfishing. Absolutely. Wayne Hoska. I hope I got that right. What's up, Wayne? How you doing, bud? You know, uh, Wayne, I, I, hopefully I'm not saying too much, but he said this in one of the chats that I saw not too long ago. He he He's a big supporter of a lot of channels and stuff, and, and I know everybody's really grateful for him. And it's always nice to see him in chat. He's never said a bad word or, 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 or anything about anybody that I ever seen or, or even heard of. Uh, but he says that he kind of uh, relies on us to uh, keep him entertained in the sport that he loves a lot, which is fishing. That's I don't awesome. think he can get out and do it too much, but you know, um, people like that and people when they make comments like that, they 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 definitely keep me fueled up and going uh, to to push onward and, and push forward. So you guys do all mean a heck of a lot to us. And people oh, like yeah. Maurice Case, and I know Maurice, he's probably listening in the background. I saw him in Chad's show. Talked to Maurice on the phone too, and he was he was out there and fishing. But you know, keep him in his prayers. He's still got some stuff going on with his wife. So, uh, um, but you know, he, he's Great grateful. Support. Yeah, he's here at all the shows because we keep him going in the part of his life that's so important to him outside of his right. family. So, want to welcome Frank from Twisted Fishing TV into the show tonight. There's Keith NWPA Fishing. Good evening to you, sir. What's up, in chat? Steve Mosley just popped in. What's up, Steve? How you doing, my friend? So, Lyle, since since Kenny's in here, and I know that Chad's probably listening in the background. He's uh, doing some stuff. He's always watching the background, and D as well. We are going to postpone Sunday's day tournament day for the Panfish Nation uh, Championship. Um, everybody around the country kind of checked in with everybody. <laughs> is going to have horrible weather. Um, you know, a lot of people, you can go the route of saying, oh, you know, only a wimp doesn't want to fish in a bed. Well, this is pan fishing, folks. This is supposed to be a fun tournament. We're supposed to have a lot of good times together. It's not a big money purse or anything. This right. is just us getting together, uh, interacting with, with, with the viewers and, and giving them uh, uh, a way to interact. Not everybody can be out on those trophy waters. You know, no one's catch, no one's out there catching, or not everybody can be out there catching the fish that they see on YouTube, but that doesn't mean they can't take a part in the sport that they love, which is the biggest reason for all of this. That's We're also trying to, you know, get people back into, to get them, get them, more involved in, in their roots where they came from, which is which is pan fishing and something that I still like. So we're going to have a, a date rescheduled after the Mendota trip because Mendota trip is coming up the weekend after uh, this was scheduled for, so like a weekend, uh, the week from Sunday. So once we get back, we'll do it. We'll have a little powwow while we're there and try to get a date nailed down, and we'll let you guys know. All the people that were in there will be given first dibs at being in the tournament day. And if they can do it, they're more than welcome. They're going to be they're grandfathered in already. They they got their buy. Um, and if there's any openings because somebody can't, which I'm hoping doesn't happen, we'll open it back up to anybody else who wants to uh, uh, enter it. And, and then we can get the wheel going, maybe. <laughs> Lyle loves that wheel. I do. Loves that wheel. <laughs> Avid, uh, is this panfish only bluegills? No, it's, it's crappie. Uh, at red breasts, bluegill, any kind of blue, any kind of sunfish, any kind of sunfish. Though, though that's basically. Uh, obviously, we're not talking carp. We're not talking anything. We're we're excluding bass. You know, bass is, right. Yeah. So basically, any of your sunfish, panfish varieties, including crappie. Right. Even greenies. There's Parker Pursuits. He went chub fishing today. He sent me some pictures. What's up, Jerry? Um, Kelly, rock bass is a sunfish, in my opinion. Uh, we'd have to clear that with James. James is the one that wrote up all the rules for it. But in my opinion, that'll work. James is the commissioner, we'll call him. The commish. The commish. Gosh, I don't want to give him any kind of title like that. <laughs> Bugman is asking perch. It depends on what kind of perch, I guess. Yeah. I don't see why perch wouldn't be allowed. 
I, I, I'm pretty sure they will. Um, Whether it's white or yellow. Yeah. <laughs> so now that, now that we got that off the plate. Um, well, the, I'm, I'm happy about that, Mark. As you know, uh, I've been working really hard on my boat to try to get it ready for this weekend. And now the rain hit and I'm ready to put the floor. I've got all the floor in except for one piece. And it's rained all day, and I can't get it in there. Well, there's no way I'd be able to get that uh, the rest of the insulation in that one section to get the floor back in and get it all done and tested before that tournament. There's just no way. With rained all day today and supposed to rain tonight and tomorrow, so uh, I would have had to have fished it from the bank someplace in places that I'm not familiar with. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, although I was uh, – Okay, weekend angler says perch are not allowed. Dockery mentioned that a while back. Okay, and uh, and Frank says that perch is not a sunfish. I was just assuming so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's on us. But what's up, Josh? But I'm happy that that it's going to be like that. That way, I get my boat done and tested. And there's nothing worse than going out and something that, of course, I haven't done anything to keep it from running right or doing it. I mean, I'm. For the ones that don't know, the foam in the bottom of my boat, which in some areas was as much as 10 to 12 inches deep, was all soaked with water. And the boat weighed so much every time we was launching it, we was getting water over the back of it. So that's all gone. And we put new foam in the bottom. And I just got one section to put back in and then load, put the, um, the floor in, which is aluminum, and pop rivet it back down to the runner's. And uh, and go, and it will be ready to go. And I'm excited about that because uh, I don't know how much weight that I took out of that thing, Mark, but it's a lot. Uh, you sent those pictures, and I was amazed at how much water was pulled up on that and below it. Yeah, and and the way they the boat was made and designed, it had areas where the water could drain out, but when they put that that expanding foam in there it plugged all those areas so once the water got in the foam it could never leave it's been i can't imagine how many years that's been like that and progressively got worse to the point most boats when you take the foam out of them if it's eight inches thick or whatever the depth is the water will be in the very bottom of the foam in mine it was so waterlogged that when you take it off of the top and a 12 inch a uh, deep section of foam water was standing in the hole that you took it out of. Yeah, you so showed me those pictures. Hundreds of pounds of weight that this boat's been carrying all these years that it should never have carried. So um, I think that it's going to help me and help the boat um, be easier to tow. Everything about it's going to be better because it's going to lighten it up several hundred pounds. And it's going to go faster. Yeah, uh, as important as that once was, it's not as important as it used to be. But still, it's going to be important when you're pulling up next to me or Chad and we're flipping you the bird, giving you that in person emoji. I would never do that to you guys. Let me answer Matt's question real quick. Matt, the second scheduled day is June 17th over on Chad's channel, Fields to Water. Um, so I'm definitely going to try and get this scheduled uh, before then. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So One time years ago, we was in a tournament, my youngest son, Marky, and I. And Marky is kind of like I was when I was younger. He's a little bit off of the deep end a little, just a little. And we're going down the Mississippi River, and everybody's racing to get to the Clarksville Dam. We left Louisiana, and it's it's uh, like nine miles down there. And everybody we pass, Marky's bending over, shucking his laundry out and mooning them as we pass them going to the Mississippi <laughs> River. That's the kind of things that happens. It's fun. And, and I heard a story about somebody in chat who did that. We're not going to mention any names. Uh, yeah, I know somebody. I know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Whisker Dreams, welcome. Glad to have you in here. Bugman says that's okay. I only caught one perch in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's Wayne. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate that. Uh, wait, we we double clicked it. There you yep. go. Thank you, uh, Wayne. 
for those that don't know, when that happens, Mark and I are clicking the same thing at the same time, and it comes up and goes away. That's because we both clicked on it to try to get it up there, and we both have the uh, power to do that, but it cancels the other one out when you do. We need to have a powwow before the show and say, you do you do the messages this time, and I'll do it, or vice versa. Holy moly donut shop. That's somebody after my own heart. I love donuts. <laughs> Is 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 that is that Joe Ziegler? Is that the I icon? I, That's cool. I like donuts. Yeah, me too. Ten I like dollars. powdered donuts. Kenneth says I like smushed powdered donuts. I like chocolate ones, and ones that have cream filled centers. You know, what can I say? I like to eat. I can't help myself. Yeah, that makes all of us. I think Chrissy Brown. We're so glad to have you in the chat. I hope you and Ernie are doing well. So, I got to go bait. I started doing some bait fishing this week, Lyle. Cool. And they were on fire. I'd have given if I if that was the day I was fishing at Panfish Tournament, I'd have given some people some stiff competition. I ended up with with thirty bluegill in forty minutes. Wow. And you know you know what the best part about it was? I I got all thirty of them with one Berkeley one inch minnow. Really. Just one. Them things must be a lot more durable than I think. They used to be. A, you know what? It's funny you mention that. They used to be a heck of a lot more durable than uh, um, they are now. They changed the the formula. I don't know if it's planned obsolescence or planned use. But uh, uh, yeah, we just double clicked. Oh, what's, where's the one? Matt says, our pieces. <laughs> yeah, I like those are good. I never had one. Oh, Lyle. Hey, All you're going to do is listen, listen. You go to the donut <laughs> shop and you say, Cindy, would you be a sweetheart to make me some bacon while I go pick us up some donuts? Get you a maple you. donut bar and just lay that piece of bacon on the top. Voila. You got a maple bacon. I've said donut. this for 100 years. Bacon makes everything taste better. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Freddie's Outdoor Adventures. Welcome, Freddie. What's up? FOA in the house. Yep, they make everything taste better. Kind of like salt. Makes everything taste better. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I think hot sauce makes everything taste better. But I agree, just... but it doesn't agree with me. Of course, they got me on some meds now where I can take a lot more than it was for a while. <laughs> so pour it on. I like it. <laughs> maple, maple bacon donuts are the best. What's up, Tim Donna? How you doing? Maple is made for sausage and bacon. I like that, too. Yeah, it doesn't hurt when you got a plate full of pancakes and that syrup gets on that bacon. It doesn't hurt at one bit. <laughs> don't does it, no, I don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, it don't hurt it at all. I had bacon-flavored whiskey once. That was kind of iffy. I have some bacon-flavored hot sauce that I ordered four bottles of. It's sitting on top of my refrigerator outside in, my, in the shop. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm thinking I need to. I think you should. I think you need. You, we got to talk after the show. I had a question for you, regardless. So, okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm not going to read that one, but I want everybody in chat to see that one from Parker. Oh, Pursuits. I don't know about that, Jerry. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Mm. Lance says I've had bacon flavored beer. Now that's a new one on me. It really is. Lance, as long as you ain't drinking that Bud Light, you're okay with me. I don't care what kind of beer you're drinking. Oh, did I say that out loud, Lyle? (laughs) Bacon ice cream was a no-go for me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin the bacon, Mark. Uh, Er Eric, I'll enter his email in chat right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hello, puppy. Um, so uh, back back real quick. I know we got on our uh, hey, bacon. Bacon, t- bacon kind of takes over our show. <laughs> it does. Um, there you go. There it is. Um, so yeah, and I was fishing. I was fishing, Lyle. I was fishing in like a foot and a half of water. It was crystal clear. Um, 
but they were they were on fire. So really? today, that was yesterday. Today I went out, I went chub, I went to go check my chub fishing spots uh to get some creek chubs for some cat fishing. And uh I got a bunch of little tiny dinks. We're talking like two inches. I got two uh, that are a little big bigger than four inches. I kept those. Why I don't know. But tomorrow we'll go out and do a little more bluegill fishing. I'm doing the I'm collecting bait for for a future cat fishing outing. We'll say <laughs> that's all we're gonna say. But uh, um, if if I if I get on them and the bites as hot as it was, maybe I'll maybe I'll go live. So if you guys are up tomorrow morning, keep an eye out for it. It'll be a spur of the moment type thing, and it'll be a short and sweet one. What's up, puppy? How you doing? Oh, she got she licked my glasses. Damn it! <laughs> the question is, what else has she been licking? Yeah, yeah, mm. her ass. I'm sure. <laughs> Bacon Weekly coming on next. <laughs> that could be, you know, we could we could start a bacon cooking shoe. <laughs> we could. I think that's been done, but everybody does everything else that's been on there already. So, uh, hey Brenda, how are you doing? What's going on, Kaz? How are you? Glad to see you in the show, in chat tonight. You know, uh, that, that's the plan for fishing. And then after that, it's going to be pretty much hardcore getting everything ready for the trip. And, oh, my God, I hate camping. Did I say that like every <laughs> chance I get? Oh, my God, I hate camping, Lyle. You know, we wouldn't be having to do that if the motel and people had quit complaining where we could get together and have a. Oh, I agree. Have a, have a nice. They didn't want us cooking at the motel outside, which was one of the highlights of the trip for me. Well, it had you know what it had nothing to do with us. The the problem was there was, it was a other people. Yeah, it was there was a construction crew there, a road construction crew, and I'm thinking that they're there every week, all week, while they're working on the roads up there. And they, and they were out there drinking a bunch. They were out there drinking a bunch of beer, getting a little carried away in a little. I don't drink that much beer. They couldn't. What? I don't drink that much beer. No, we don't. <laughs> lying <laughs> by omission is still lying, Lyle. I, I don't drink that much but beer. <laughs> I I am going to introduce Lyle to some catfish and crappie Kool-Aid on our trip. He's looking forward to that. That ought to be interesting. Or catfish and crappie lemonade, we'll call it, I guess. <laughs> What's up, David Martin? How you doing, bud? I have, I have another subject that I want to... Uh, do and remind me after the show. I hope I can remember uh, to talk to you about that for for another show. Okay. Uh, you know, last week, Mark, um, I think it was Laura the Explorer was in our chat, and we were talking about some rigs, and she wanted to see those rigs tied up, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're, we're going to show people a couple of the rigs that we use. I'm going to do one rig but i'm going to tie it two different ways okay and, uh, people can can see how it works because if that's what they want to know um other than my bumping rig and the only way i'm going to tie that bumping rig online is if well, what's his name gets on here and uh does it so he's supposed to do a show with me and kind of like Keith said i won't do one unless i do it with you first i said that's perfect you gotta get in, honey. But um, that's the only way I'm going to do that bumping rig on there. But we're going to tie up a couple others tonight. I'm going to do a drop shot rig, and I'm going to tie it two different ways, and both ways work really well. Hey, Ashley, glad to see you in here. Um, and you're going to do a. Uh, I'm going to show a couple of rigs, and then I'm going to blow everybody's mind with how simple it is, or my how I use those Berkeley one ounce gulps. You guys are going to be like, that's it. <laughs> I tuned in for that. It's top secret, though. I don't share this with nobody. Well, you know, um, I've always been very open about rigs or bait or where I fish. We would go to tournaments and fish big tournaments, and somebody would say, where are you catching them? And I'd tell them the exact spot because I would have an A, B, C, D place I was going to start out with. And if somebody was in, beat me to the first place, I'd go to the next one or the next one uh, and, and go there. I, I didn't never pull any punches with people. They asked me where I was catching them or how I was fishing. We would set up out in the parking lot of motel rooms, and, and people would talk about catching fish be the night before a tournament or 
Cindy would go to bed and she'd wake up and go to the bathroom. She'd come out there at one o'clock in the morning and says, you got to get in here and get to sleep. You're going to be getting up in three or four hours to leave, which was true. And uh, uh, I would tell people anything they want to know. I'd tell them the exact spot that I planned on fishing because for the most part, I figured I could beat them there. And if they did beat me there, I had just as good a spot to go to on the next one. There you uh, go. I never worried about somebody catching my fish because they're not my fish. They're everybody's fish. You just got to get to the place. So many times, uh, people don't understand this, but so many times when you would get in a tournament and you had a spot to fish, the people that knew you was going to be there, they didn't know how to set up on that spot to catch those fish. Or how to fish a bait or a setup. And, and everybody in the catfish world thought, well, in your tournament, because you have to use skipjack. Well, that's not always the case. Sometimes shad works better. Sometimes bluegill works better. It depends on the time of year, the water temperature. It depends on a whole lot of stuff. And you have to understand that it's no different in the panfish world. Sometimes hand ties are the only thing they'll bite on. Sometimes it's plastics. Sometimes this is, adult minnows. This is what I learned in the last three weeks. Um, I went north, got a limited crappie, right? I was up there. I happened to have a bag of, uh, uh, was it Bobby Garland, Cajun Cricket. Uh, That's a great color. Uh, but it does. It ain't worth a, a darn down here, Lyle. But it sells because it's pretty. But but you know what? I was catching the snot out of them crappie on it. I switched over to my my confidence plastic, which is monkey milk anything for the most part. Didn't even get a bite. Yeah. I come down here the next week, couldn't get a bite on Cajun Cricket because I had it tied on. But then I switched back over to monkey milk and boom, I'm in business. Got a limit. Well, there's no limit up there, but I got a self-imposed 15 fish limit on myself because it's just me and the wife. I got you. Yeah, well, and, and it's good that you do that because I can go over here to any of the lakes around me and you'll have a day when you're just killing it. You're just catching every fish in it. But you've got to put a limit on yourself of how many you can take. Now, you was talking about all the fish you caught today, and I know you caught a bunch of them, but I know some of them were, were small. So how many do you have in reserve for your trip coming up? I got enough for you, bud. You ain't got to worry about it. No, 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 no. I'm not asking about that. I'm saying I got, I got, I got. I think I got like 35 in the in the bait tank. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm I'm hoping to get quite a few more, and I'm I'm going to try and keep them alive. I got a new uh, 12 volt um, Fraybill aerator. That is that actually floats on the top of the the water and, and really injects a lot of air in there. So we're going to try using that. We're going to try keeping them in the live well in my boat too this year and see how that happens while they're on the road. What's going on, Steph? How you doing? I didn't know she had changed her name, but it sure looked like Stephanie in that picture. And, and she is a channel time. member. We got to shout that out. Thank you, Stephanie. Bless her heart. Absolutely. Oops. Size. Oh, I wanted. I, hey, what's up, size matters? How you doing? But I wanted to address uh, David Martin's comment about ice fishing. Yeah, I don't like ice fishing either. Ice fishing is camping in the cold for the most part. <laughs> and it's not the actual fish or the camping or the ice fishing that I don't like. It's the packing and putting away that I don't like. That Just to be correct about that. So Stephanie says it's my forever name. I think that's the business she's in. Is it? Okay, the, cool. The cotton picking part, yep. Well, you know, I know where Stephanie and, and Richard live, and I drove through that area countless times going different places to fish. And if you ever drive through there, you'll understand why, because there's cotton fields and rice fields all over that area. So I got it. Um, but in the fall of the year, it's so beautiful to, to see that cotton as it pops out of them whatever they call them. I call them husk. I don't know what they call them, but uh, we don't have any of that around here. So it's very intriguing. It's like leaving my area and driving through Kansas in the fall of the year after everything's been harvested or in the spring, they're burning that stuff off. So you travel at night because you can see fires burning for miles and miles away. And it's really cool looking at night. 
Kind of like the stacks at the refineries in Gary, Indiana. Yep, that's exactly okay. right. There you hey, go. Hey, Danimal, what's going on? Uh, also, somebody else popped in here. I want to make sure I don't miss them. Adventures with Robin C. What's up, Robin? How you hey, doing? Hey, Robin. Danny says they're cotton bowls. I'll take it. <laughs> he, he lives over also, so I'm sure he knows. Hey, look at that. Stephanie was a member for one month. She says, Mendota, exclamation point. <laughs> um, this trip's a big deal, Mark. It, it really is. Yes, it is. Everybody's absolutely invited, too, just so you guys know. Yep. Just got to get there. That's, that's a fact. That's a fact. So we'll see how that works out for everybody. Hopefully it really does. And, and Stephanie, thank you so much for being a member. And anybody else that wants to be a member, there's a link down below that get out of here that you can join if you'd like to become a, a member, channel member. There's also a like button, and we'd appreciate it so much if you click on that like button and you sub subscribe to our channel. helps us out a great deal. So consider that. Uh, I understand if you don't do it, there's no hard feelings. We want you to be in here watching the show, but thank you so much for, for being here. And if you want to like and subscribe or join to be a channel member, we'd appreciate it. I so, Al, you ready to show some rigs off, bud? I am. I got to make a few jigs for Panfish Tournament. There you go, Missy. I I actually, I don't know if they'll be here. Now, bear with me, folks. I'm going to change screen or change cameras so people can see this. So you're not going to see exactly the same thing. I'm just grabbing something from across the room here. <laughs> and these are the rigs that I tied up earlier. Now, I know they're hard to see because of the green screen, but you see how perfect that thing sticks I'm going to give you the solo. Now Now we can show it off. Okay. Here's one. I want, I, want everybody to, I want everybody to notice how that hook point is facing up. Now, this is a bigger hook than what you're going to tie with panfish, but I set it on purpose that way you can see it. And the other one I have... Laura, we're just starting now. You didn't miss anything. You did. didn't miss anything, Laura. Here's the other one. And, and they both stick straight out. They work extremely well. Now, with that being said, I went out and found some, some reels that I have. And I got <clears throat> some more line of different colors would so be easier for you guys to see. So we're going to try that. <laughs> But I got bigger hooks and bigger lines, so it'd be easier for everyone to see. I'm glad Laura come in because she's the one that intrigued us to do this, Mark. Hold on a second. I'm trying to. There we go. I'm on screen here, but you got the big shot. You got the big picture. All right. Here we go. It's really hard for me to see these. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> You put that through there, and it's just on on the line. Like and that. make sure that point is up towards the tip of your rod. That's right. And I make a loop like this. Yeah. Now, this is absolutely my favorite. Wait, raise it up a little higher, Lyle. So okay. there we go. It's it's hard to hold on to this. and do I, this Trust me. I understand. And, and keep the camera thing going. Matt says, what kind of knot, uh, what knot do you use with that, Lyle? Be honest, never, to be honest, I never used it. I don't know what the name of that is, Lyle. I don't know what the name of it is either. I've just been doing it this way for a long time. You just keep wrapping that thing through there. I usually do it four or five times, and I stick the hook back through that, and then you can draw it up each side slowly. Of course, it didn't go right, but I'm going to get it. Hold this thing out there. And that's what you end up with. Hold, go down a little bit, Lyle. There we go. And that I, I wish that these cameras would focus a little better. That's okay. But, there, oh, it went and came and went. That's okay. We can we can make it out. But I just want to make sure that. How easy it, that is. It's yeah, very it, simple. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a. Kentucky rig that's been kind of snug, snake. Now, a lot of times, 
I'm telling stuff I probably shouldn't tell, but a lot of times I will put a high and a low rig here. I'll put a sinker on the bottom down at this end. Just put a loop knot in it. Very simple to do. I'll go ahead and do that now. Just take it and uh, I hope I got enough room here. But I didn't leave a whole lot. I usually start the first one about six inches out. And I'll take this and I'll make two wraps inside that. The one. I just timed out Jerry two, Parker. And then, what's that? I just timed out Jerry. Oh, wow. And, and making fun you can trim this off, your tag off, but make a loop knot. And that's where your sinker goes. And then you put this one on. And then put one about 12 inches above that. You got a high-low rig. They call it a Kentucky rig. They call uh -huh. it everything. It's a high-low rig. That's been, what I call it. It's been a high-low rig for a 1,000 years. Why would you call it a Kentucky rig now? And tie them both like that. It sticks out like that. Put your bait on it. You're gold. It's a perfect knot to use. That's my favorite one to use. Jerry says, well, I'll tie that rig. I, 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 that's, why I, that's why I hammered them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. But that's my number one drop shot rig to use, Laura. You was wanting to know how to do it. There it is. Now, I'm going to get... Real quick, Frank over at Twisted Fishing TV says he uses the VMC spin shot for all his drop shot rigs. Uh, just what, so people know what that is. Um, it's basically like a pre-rigged uh, drop shot hook. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's got like two if i'm not mistaken two beads and two eyes on it you just tie to the top and the bottom so if you're right. uncomfortable or unsure about tying this knot but it really is pretty easy um uh go ahead and buy those two and lyle did a a, a loop knot at the bottom to tie on his uh, weight weight and i actually just picked up a bunch of these oh. Drop actual drop shot weights at Walmart of all places. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't buy them weight. normally, but I didn't have any weights at the weight that I wanted, which was a quarter ounce. Get it out um, but I buy like these. I don't know if you guys can see them. They got a little brass like wedge. Let me give myself real quick the yep. solo here. Hold on a second. Just so people see it. They got they have a little like brass thing. You just stick the you stick your line through that and you kind of snug it up. You could tie a little uh, uh square loop knot at the end. And uh um they work just as easy. Good part about them is they come on and off pretty, pretty simple. So they work pretty good. Um drop shot, Lyle. I like using like like I like using braid. Uh, I like braid for everything, well, as you well know, but Mono works just as well uh, a lot of times, but the braid is just more sensitive. Well, let me correct that because I'd be lying if I if I stuck with that comment, and I don't like to do that. Um, any any rig that I use that I need to keep contact with the bottom, I like using braid because uh, it, it's it, more sensitive. Yeah, it it kind of communicates. You you feel the bottom a heck of a lot better. So that's right. I just figure I'd add that to there. Okay, here we go with the second way I tie drop shots. You go in from the front. This is going to be really hard, Mark, but I'm going to do it one way or the other. I have faith in you. I've got to get this little cut. Hey, there's Dan from Goober Time. Hey, we're glad to see you in here, Dan. I might have to get a, a bigger, damn it, a bigger uh, hook, which I've got. It's got a That's just not working. You know what? I'll go back to the red line. There you go. A little smaller, 65 pounds instead of 80. <clears throat> I'll find it again. I totally forgot about the green screen when you were asking me between the, the green line and the red line. We should have known red line was the way to go. Well, um, yeah, the um, the green line, the green screen is good for a lot of things, but for what we're doing tonight, not so much. But we're going to make it work. All right. I'm going to get in front of this camera again. Here we go. Always go in from the front. Hell, I can't see. <laughs> That's why I pre-tied mine, Lyle. 
That's all right. I want to show them how to do it. I'll get a bigger hook. We'll make it work. Get out of here, you little shit. Can't stand them little shit eaters. And then run it back through there and make you a loop behind there. Now, Eric has a question for you. He says, when you're not when you're not demoing this, uh, what size hooks are you normally using, Lyle? Um, sixes and eights for bluegill and panfish that I fish for. And not eight aughts, but just regular sixes and eights. All right, there we go. Got it back through there. Well, damn. Come out. Bear with me, folks. You know, my eyes, Mark, aren't what they used to be. Yours and mine both, my friend. All right. <clears throat> now, you have How's that, the, Robin. Is that better? You have this loop back there. Now, all we're going to do here, and, and Laura, I know that you know how to tie a paddle. I'm sure you do. And if you don't, Laura, there's tons of videos on the internet about the Palomar knot. That's exactly correct. They say the Palomar knot's stronger than love. I'm not so sure about that, but it does work really well. And just tie an overhand knot in this line. Whoop. I forgot I got to get it on screen. Then slip this over top of there. Just like that. Now, one thing that people don't realize is you need to pull that loop up above the hook and pull it down tight that way, because if not, it won't sit down. caught up on that eye, too. That's sometimes. exactly right. And I got it in my finger, of course. But there you go. Now, I didn't leave much tag in on it. But there's your... There's your knot. Now, see, it's not quite straight. You know, Lyle, can I can I give you a little tip that because that's how I that's one of the two ways that I tie mine. Yeah, take, well, that, take, take the tag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to take the tag and put it back through there, and that should bring it down to where it sticks straight up and down. Perfect. I'm telling a professional. Get out of here. Are you talking to me or the dog? The damn the damn fly. Oh, and there you go. <laughs> Look, I didn't get it straight here. You have to pull the knot around. There you go. Perfect. There's the two ways to tie a uh, drop shot rig. Now, I didn't leave the tag in long enough on this to tie the loop knot in the bottom to change your threads out or your sinker out, but you, you understand where I'm at. This way is probably the simplest way. I prefer the other way, um, the way we did it first. Laura says she tied that knot today. I'm sure you did. I watched you today, by the way. So but did I. That's a great knot. It's easy to tie, and who doesn't know how to tie a Palomar knot? Everybody ties them. They use them every day. So uh, that's the two simple ways to do a drop shot rig. And uh, I think either way you'll be happy. Uh, like I say, the first one, there's no extra steps with that. So you can go back and watch this as many times as you want. You'll learn how to do that. It's very simple. Uh, and if somebody needs to do that, I can do another one. Um, I, I can do it again if need to be, but I don't think so. I met, made my wife learn to tie a power or not before I'd marry <laughs> Justin's fishing fetish. I that. need her email so I can call <laughs> send her a message to make sure that's correct. <laughs> Uh, Shark Smith Anglings showed up. What's going on? He says, hey, "Hi, Lyle. Hi, everyone. Glad to see you in here." But those are the those are the way that I try drop shot rigs, and and um, a lot of times I'll tie a little granny knot in the bottom of the line and just clip one of those um, drop shot sinkers on there. I have several of them. Most of mine are in three sixteenths and one eighth ounce. They make them a lot bigger than that. They work mm -hmm. fine. But if you don't have drop shot rigs, you don't have to use drop shot sinkers. All you have to do is tie a loop knot in the bottom of it and put a bank sinker on in, in a half ounce or one ounce or whatever size that works for you and uh, just use that rig. Works pretty so, good. That's how I tie all my catfish. Good for everyone. Let me get back to uh, the other screen. I don't even know which one I'm on. How about this one? Hey, Nubby's catfishing showed up. What's going on, Nubby? How you doing? He says he's watching us on the big screen. 
Yeah, uh, Justin's fishing fetish says I use bite sinkers. I think that's the name of the sinkers I just showed. So bite sinkers. Laura says she had a question up here. Let me see Laura's question. I'm sorry I missed it. it says uh, and why do we always go through the front? Uh, is it better? On, well, no. Basically, Laura, you want to keep that hook point facing up, and the only way to do that is by going through the front of the hook in a one hundred percent correct. So. All right, so I guess it's my turn. All right. It we'll is. Oh boy, here we go. Let me see if I can figure this out. Switch it around. There we go. All right, a simple, simple, but something I don't use enough. I only use this in the summertime when it's hot and the fish are kind of deep. Um, and that's pretty much a slip bobber. And I kind of pre-tied it already. Now basically you would take your Bobber stop. I like the cloth ones. I used to use the rubber ones, but they get stuck in the eyes of my panfish uh, stuff. So yeah. these. And I left I left these tabs on here, Lyle, just so I could show people. Yeah. Basically, you slide through the tube. There's a tube. You slide it through there, and you pull the tube off. If you got the right kind of tubes, they'll have a slice in them. Uh, but one thing that you want to do is you can usually pull both ends of these, get it real nice and tight, and you'll hear a pop. See, that just kind of popped on me. I don't know if you guys heard it. And then you cut your, your tag ends off. Uh, after that, I put a regular bead on there. These beads, these little tiny beads usually come with um, with the um, bobber stop. Then you feed through the bobber. You guys should have saw me trying to feed this four-pound test through this bobber. I through, did see that. You did, through the top <laughs> and through the bottom. Now, here's something that I picked up from 903 Fishing. Caleb was a guest on our show, and uh, I used to never put a swivel on here. This is just a regular swivel I get from Walmart, probably even a little too big. But the good part about this is it stops your, your uh, uh, slip float from going past there because a lot of times a, a slip float or a slip bobber i should say will get caught on your jig and that's kind of the most important part of it and also you guys know if you do any fishing that there's a lot of spin uh in any baits and that kind of minimizes that and so, twist yeah you're exactly twist. you can even put uh a split shot anywhere. I like to put the split shot above or well, you could do it above or below but if you put it usually below you're going to lose that split shot if you get caught up, which is, is not that big a deal, but it's just something I keep in, in mind. Um, so you can do it that way. Uh, another thing I want to show, which you use just like a, just like a, 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 a slip bobber or a slip float, is these, and I've talked about these all the time. These are called water floats, I believe. Basically, what you do with these is you can control depth on how far it goes down. This works really well if you're using dry flies on a spinning reel. Basically, it's a slip float. It's got a hole that goes through it. You put two bobber stops, one on top, one on the bottom, so you can hold it in place. It's not meant to slide up and down uh, unless you're adjusting the depth. And when once you do that, you get it set up, what you do is you pull. Let me see if I can get this out. Oh, I kind of stopped it there we go this little centerpiece um slides out you can see it slides out it came out it's a little jiggly piece and you'll notice that that opens up the inside of the bobber well you can fill these with halfway up with water a quarter up with water three quarters way up with water to how fast you want it to control sink or how low you want it to sit in the water and then on the other on the other end of the line is where you would put your dry uh uh, your dry fly, and it'll it, it'll help that way. Also, filling this with some water will act like a weight, not just a float. So you'll be able to get that really, really small, small dry fly out there. I know I had mentioned these a few times, and I was looking for parts for this, and I saw it in my box. I'm like, I should bring it out here. Yep, I agree, and thank you for doing that. And um, now, hold on. The last thing, the tip I promised everybody, these, I talk about these all the time. Uh, bar none, these are the best plastics for, for panfish uh, for me. Outside of wax worms and red worms, wax worms and red worms are my favorite panfish, like live baits. We'll call them live baits, right? These do the best for me. These are emerald. I think these are emerald. Yeah, emerald shiner. So they're gray. They're, they're one inch in length. They're tiny. When I first bought these, I'm like, 
when I first bought these, they got a little split tail on them too. You can, I don't know if you can see that with this lights blind and it's so small. It's hard to see. Um, thought I had a little pair of needle nose pliers up here, but I don't. Um, when I first got these, I'm like, how the heck am I going to, am I going to put these on like a one eightieth ounce jig head or and so on, uh, which is fine. And that does work, but I was in a pinch and what I did is I like using number four uh, Aberdeen hooks. And I get these from Farm and Fleet. You can order them online. They're kind of hard to find. But these are, they, they, they look, they're called Pro-Vs. They look like sickle hooks. I don't know if you can see that. They got a little bend in the bottom. Yep, I can see them. <clears throat> Whether it's on a slip float, and I haven't used these on a drop shot yet, but I think they'd work good on that. We'll talk about that here in a second. Rather than put this hook through it like you would a normal jig on a plastic i do this i told you this is going to be so simple you guys are going to think i'm a maniac but i catch more fish with it just on the hook just like that can you see that lyle that is simple <laughs> i put it right through i put it right through the belly and for some reason when the fish suck it in whether it's through the tail or the head it pulls that hook in like this and my my hookup ratios when i'm fishing for bait lyle i want to get in and out that's right I ain't got time to be missing bites. I got you. So this is solely how I run these. I do not run these on jig heads. Never. I run this under a little split shot, give it at least 10 inches because the fall rate on these are incredibly slow and you usually get hit on the fall rate. So whether you're, you got just a split shot without a bobber and you'll, you're pulling that split shot up and down off the bottom, or you're just floating it underneath a, a, a spring bobber. Um, those are, they're deadly. Laura, if you want, if you're new and if yeah, I know Yak sure was asking me what the best plastics were to get started in pan fishing. And I told him that. So he said he was going to come back and watch this. So when you do, that's the one I use. And one last thing I wanted to show you is my favorite spring bobber. I got one right here. Hold on one second. I'm going to hit a couple of comments right quick, Mark. Absolutely. Two stands fishing says the drop shot rig has probably caught more fish out there from panfish to bass, yep. catfish to saltwater. And I agree with that. Uh, they have really caught a lot. Uh, Twisted Ca uh, Fishing TV says, yes, sir, that float rig will literally catch any freshwater fish in North America. Yep. Again, I agree with that. Um, so very true. Nina. <laughs> I find this one really good. Nina says, I lose bobbers in trees. Now, yeah, I, me too. I lose jigs in trees, Nina. So don't not, worry about it. Not only do I do that, I forget a half a crappie when I'm flaying it from time yeah, to time. Yeah, it right. happens. That's just part of life. And, and real uh, quick, so we can go to back to the full regular screen. I like these little thin, tiny, fill weighted bobbers spring bobbers yeah they're really they're they're actually hard to find so when i buy them last time i found them i bought them out i bought 25 of them and they yep. ain't cheap these are like three bucks a piece long. but worth every penny yeah worth I, I every they are penny. for for pan fishing stuff right. they 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 just they just work better than anything else yep frank at tristan fishing tv says agreed gulp is awesome as far as bio baits go mm -hmm. uh, Susquehanna Stan says, I use half-inch maggots. Work great. Any type of worm will catch panfish. Any type. Yep, maggots. I'm telling you, maggots and red worms. Yep. Uh, Frank says, I smash chubs and bait on the maggots. I'm sure you do. Whoop. Um, Jerry Parker says, those Berkeley gulp minnows on a jig head will clean up in clear-running creeks. Well, I was running it just like this uh, in a clear running creek. Like I said, Jerry, 30 panfish in 40 minutes. It, you, you're just not missing them. They That's just right. work. Stan says, I totally agree, Mark. I use plain hooks and hook it. Very similar. similar. The action is ridiculous. And, you know, I agree. Um, I am fortunate enough that Mark sent me a couple of packs uh, or a couple of jars of those emerald green shiners. I haven't used them yet, uh, but I'm going to be trying them. I can't wait to try them. And uh, I will I will let everybody know how I get along with them because actually Mark is several hundred miles north and east of me, and I'm fish different water. But if they work for him, they should work for me. Uh, the they, they've never worked they've never not worked anywhere i've tried them it's 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 
in the heat of summer, you, the bite will be a little slower than if you were using red worms or maggots, but they still bite. And I'll tell you one thing. If you're fishing for bluegills, I get bigger ones on Berkeley, those one-inch minnows, than I do with uh, red worms. Because red worms, the little ones go after them right away, where the big ones, you know, they're a little more leery towards baits. It's <clears throat> the opposite when I'm using those. Wow. But the bite slows down a little bit. So Yeah, I, um, I'm big on night crawlers. And just pinching off a little chunk of it. Mm -hmm. on a hook. If I'm using a, a rig like that where I'm hooking fish, if I'm in a hurry, if I'm in a hurry to get fish for bait, to make a trip on, um, hand ties or a, a slip float and a regular hook with with uh, a, just a little chunk, a night crawler on it, and you can slay them bluegills and panfish. Just slay them. And we were talking about this. I've never tried crickets outside of uh, I've tried grasshoppers because I've just crickets caught them. Great year round for me, but never, they, never tried them. They really work good for moon eye. <laughs> moon I eye use the same for panfish. I'm using if I'm using a plain hook stand. I use those uh, um, Eagle Claw Pro V's. Just do a search on that. They, they, those those hooks, I just get a better hookup right with them. Also, Jerry had mentioned that he uses them on a little tiny jig head. The problem I found with those is not only is it hard for me with my bad vision to get, get them on the hook, is that hook size is smaller, and I end up good hooking a lot of bluegills, and I want to keep them alive. When using a number four hook, you're gonna get you're gonna get a you're gonna hook them in the snout or or in the lip. And that's where I want them. Yeah, I, I don't want them deep hooked because then you're either going to have to eat them or or they're going to die. Because and if they're small, you can't eat them. But a lot of times when I'm catching bluegill or panfish, uh, I'm catching them for bait. Uh, although I dearly love to eat them, a lot of times I don't get them big enough. But when you get ready to take a trip to say Mendota, as an example, mm -hmm. um, or wherever else, you know, we I can go to Lake Ozark and catch catfish, or or to the Mississippi or the Missouri River. I want some bluegills to take with me, and I want them live. Now, I don't always use them live, but the freshest cut bait is when you cut one alive. So yep. you use that. You can take that any way you want to, but it's a fact. And it doesn't matter if it's bluegill or shad or whatever it is, but the freshest bait is one that you cut still breathing. David Martin's got a comment. He says, I like the floats with the weight on the float. No weight on the line before the hook. Now, that I wanted to bring attention to that because uh, something that I learned the hard way is fall rate on baits. Right. When That's you're right. fishing anything suspended or you're, you're pulling something off and dropping it on the bottom, fall rate has almost more to do with, with almost anything else. You can change... Um, Let's say if you're running a split shot above a bait, maybe a foot, two feet, whatever it is, and, and you change that weight up or you change the size of a jig head, whatever it is, if you can slow that fall rate down or speed it up, that'll have a big effect on, on how you get those fish to strike. Um, I, I know that the crickets are great. David says, I love crickets. Just keep your fingers out of your eyes. One of the things that I have a problem with is finding crickets in my area. We have a, a new bait shop. It's only been open a few uh, years right outside of my town on the way to one of the lakes that I fish a lot. They won't carry them. It's not that they can't get them. They don't want to smell them inside their building. Well, then put them outside, double dumb. I mean, it's not rocket science here, but I can't get them. I, there's nobody around here carries. Same them. here. Same and, here. They don't. You know, if I go someplace out of state and they got them, I'll buy them because I'll so, bring them home with me. Yeah, I'll I was told go to a pet store. store to buy them if we have to up here, but I've never tried That's them. A great idea. And, and I forget about that when I go to Springfield because I know all the bait shop or all the uh, pet supplies probably mm -hmm. do have them. But I do like them uh, for catching baits. Uh, I'm glad you like that comment, Laura. Uh, but it's, it is true. Oh, looky there, there's Chadwick. What's up, Chad? It's become my favorite panfish bait last year or two. Yeah, I, I agree, buddy. I, they, just, they just work. Let's see what Frank says. Rigging weights on floats for current is a science. It is. Where and how the weights are placed and size affects how you uh, walk a bait downstream 100%. I agree. Very, very true. 
See, these people all know this. Yeah, it is. We're just bringing attention to things a lot of them know. But there's some there's some newcomers that watch these shows, maybe not while we're live, but afterwards that probably don't know this stuff, Mark. Through the field and catch grasshoppers. Yeah, that's exactly right. I got a dog that eats grasshoppers. So. But we used to use those, those butterfly nets that kids used to have. We've used those when we were doing that, Jerry. Just walk through the field with that butterfly net, one on each arm, extend it out through a field of tall grass, and you'll end up getting some, some uh, grasshoppers that way. So, Yep, yep. Now, if I keep to touch that dog of mine, not to mush him up and chew him and swallow him, just bring him to me alive, do a duck, I'd be gold. But, you know, we had a dachshund, Lyle, and I tried to teach him to find morels. So it wasn't very successful at that. <laughs> but he liked going morel hunting with me, though, that's for sure. <laughs> This dachshund we got, I think she's five months old now. She weighs eight pounds, and I don't think she's going to chase anything. Um, the curious part is whether Cindy's going to take her in a boat with her because Gidget's so big. Um, she gets in Cindy's way <laughs> and makes her mad. But I can make her sit in the front of the boat. The front of the boat actually is hers. She, she'll tell you that. She'll bark. And let, well, she don't bark, but she'll let you know that that's her spot. And that's where I make her sit when we're going somewhere. But we don't take her as much as I really thought we would. But maybe this year. We'll see. Hey, Chad, what's, I mean, uh, Lyle, what's that say on screen? Who is Chad? Never heard of her. That's some funny stuff out there, Robin. Thank you so much for posting that. <laughs> Oh, he'll be mad at me Monday night. <laughs> Mark, I think we, I think we covered some ground tonight. I think we did. Those, those, the, those are the rigs that I basically use when I'm pan fishing. Me too. You know, outside of a couple of odds and ends or or something that I try that's that's off the cuff, just because I noticed something, you know, <laughs> kind of adapt. <laughs> Here's something that I'd like for all of you to do. If you like these type of videos, please leave us a comment at the description below this before before next week's show. Um, if this is what you guys want, so we'll do more of them. We'll just we'll figure out what topic that everybody wants. And, and Laura, thank you so much. Hey, realistic rig. That's right. Uh, what's going on? What's going on, Alex? Hey, How you Alex, doing? glad to see you in chat. Um, there's a lot of people that that would like more information like this and we would be happy to share this information with you but let us know what you're looking for alex i'm still waiting on your call buddy just so you know i'm i'm still waiting parker pursuit says i could see chad with a bud light and a butterfly net <laughs> prancing through a field catching grasshoppers <laughs> kelly that may be the great the uh, comment you ever made <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Robin says she absolutely loved this. I I'm glad because you know, um, I started Catfish Weekly, or uh, a, a few of us started Catfish Weekly nine years ago, going on ten, and um, it was about educating people so they could catch more fish. And I told Mark when we started Panfish Nation, that's what we want to do, and. We try to do that through one way is through having guests on because most of our guests will share information on, on what they talk about or how they do videos or how they catch fish. We just need to know that that's what you, you guys want uh, so we can give you the information that you want because the whole idea behind what we do is so everybody can catch more fish. Uh, you don't have to keep them if you don't want to clean them or you don't want to eat them or anything. Catch and release is fine. And if you want to keep them and eat a few of them, that's still, that's okay. But our top, our, our perspective is we're going to tell you how you can and help you catch more fish. So if this is what you're after, just let us know what you're, what you're interested in and we'll help you out. I enjoyed it tonight, Lyle. It was a great show, Mark. Thank you so much for being a part of it and helping me out with this. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Uh, this is what you call a home run show, Lyle. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate that. But, you know, um, we covered the ground about we're going to um, 
get another date for the tournament you was going to have Sunday. And I, I personally, I think that's a good idea with the weather going to be bad for everybody that was involved in this tournament. So we'll pick out another. Yeah, Nina, Nina, I'm sorry. And you know what? Nina did ask about that uh, a little earlier in chat. And I apologize, Nina, for missing that or missed Lyle. I just didn't want to interrupt Lyle, but yeah, we're moving the date. It was scheduled for this Sunday. We're going to move the date because everybody has uh bad, nasty weather coming. And that's not what, you know, what, what pan fishing is, is pretty much about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> on that note lyle i think that's gonna do it i want to thank everybody for being in chat we appreciate it so much that you watch our show and and um be sure to tune in monday night for catfish weekly followed by the catfish and crappie podcast that mark does and then we'll be back here thursday next thursday right after the bait shop so be sure to tune in and we will see you then thanks everybody for watching the show and, and i hope you enjoyed it have a good weekend everybody get out there and do a little fishing stay dry yeah